Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Gusto, go, set up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. We're talking a Texas victory this week on the show. We're going to break down Woo! a 42-27 win over Kansas and look ahead to a pivotal game. The 11th game of the season as Texas looks to get a victory over West Virginia as we head down the home stretch here of the 2017 season. Year one of the Tom Herman era. We'll break it all down on this week's show. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, mm. but the man who sits right across from me, <laughs> Matt Butler. Matt, any thoughts on the uh, game Saturday, the upcoming game, or anything else going on? That first quarter, I was just like, man, I hope it doesn't keep going like this all the way because it was real good, but then you're like, where's the defense? But then you realize, well, I mean, it's Kansas. You're going to be all right. But it still was just one of those games that you just get to see some scoring and get to see it end. And then you're like, all right, we didn't lose to Kansas. And that's about it. <laughs> the only satisfaction. You yes, take out of that, that, yeah. That's a great way to bottom line uh, Saturday experience. Anyway, um, I hope everybody got to tailgate this weekend and enjoy a Texas victory. Yep, that was uh, fun. Because the next two games, there is no guarantee for a victory like there was with this one. Texas beats Kansas 42-27. And Rod, I guess we'll start with the bottom line like Matt said earlier. Do it. At least you didn't lose. You didn't lose. And I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I saw some things on offense, and maybe because my standards are now so very low for this mm. offense because I know what they are. You have standards yeah. for this offense? I do. I have standards. They're okay. really, really low for this offense. <laughs> and I know what this offense is. All right, I know that the offensive line is one of the worst in decades. I know that the, the offensive backfield doesn't have any dynamic playmakers. I know the quarterback situation is always in flux because of the, the health and the status physically of these quarterbacks. And the wide receivers are inconsistent. Talented, but inconsistent. So those those things have remained true and reigned true. All Other than that, Mrs. Season. Lincoln, how was the play? Exactly. So my thing is, my standards are low. So right now I'm looking for the, like I said, the Theobacillus. I'm looking for the smallest, most microscopic signs of life. And I found them versus Kansas. Now, it was Kansas. There are a lot of things they did that I like. And some things we talked about on the show. And a lot of you guys listening have brought them up to us via social media. We appreciate it. Uh, I mean, Simon Kirkman brought them up. That, yeah, first of all, I love the fact that they use Lil Jordan Humphrey in the Wildcat. Well, we've been saying they should do it. They should, and you know what? They're still underutilizing Lil Jordan Humphrey. They're still not weaponizing him enough. That guy should be uh, used all over the field. Wide receiver, slot. You should use him at tight end, H-back, in the backfield, at running back, in the Wildcat. You should use him all over the field. Mm-hmm. You're misusing him or under underutilizing him, I should say. And uh, I love the fact they threw the deep ball early. What have we been saying on the show? Throw the deep ball early. Just go out there and just freaking chunk it early. Who gives a damn? You complete it, great. The PI, great. If they incomplete it, they'll think about it later. He plans to seed. So he had to play action, and they threw it deep early. Oh, that was great. And I saw the tweet that you put out there, Jeff, before the game. They moved Chris Warren to H-back. You know what? I thought that was fantastic. You want to know why? Because he's one of your best offensive players. So what offensive coordinators have to do when you're a best offensive player who is a downhill runner, doesn't really fit your scheme because you're doing a lot of read option, and Daniel Young and Tony Okora fit it better because they have a quicker first step, don't waste them. Don't just put them on a the sideline. Hey, move them to a different position. How about you do that? Try to fit his skill set in, in some other way. And they use them in the Wildcat on the goal line. How about that? 250-pound running back on the goal line, running downhill in the Wildcat, which is what he's accustomed to do. Oh, man. It just, it, I saw some things that I really like. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like I, I saw some things that I've been we've been preaching for on the show, and I think it helped him offensively. But it was versus Kansas. Yeah. It was good to see, especially like you were saying with the little Jordan Humphrey thing where you actually had Ellinger available, but now maybe having a conscious effort to use other pieces to manufacture a run game instead of like when you needed to use the QB run for the extra blocker. Now 
you aren't running your quarterback head first and into that. You're implementing they still other did, ways. By the way. True, but not as many times as they <laughs> exactly. were before. So, like, at least, like you're saying, you're seeing in the better areas at least some new ideas, which is good to have. And then, at least, I mean, even the offensive line. Now it's Kansas, so I guess I can't take too much from it. But it wasn't glaring mistakes at times. You didn't see the guys just running through the line open. So that's at least good. And then now, like you said, it's pretty amazing to see that Connor Williams able to come back so quick but be able to have somebody on the line going forward that may be able to have some growth up front for the last couple games. Oh, yeah, um, I want to come back to the offense because uh, I want to break that down a little bit. The, the defense is more palatable to talk about. It's a little bit easier oh, to break great. down their, uh, their issues. And Rod, to me... Well, their issues are simple. Yeah, I, I look at this defense and I didn't expect them to miss Holton Hill as much as they do until you start mm-hmm. looking at the totality of it throughout the game. Yeah. And you're facing an air raid team. Granted, it's Kansas, but they're still an air raid offense and they use air raid principles. And you're missing your best open field tackler in the second. Maybe Great your best point. open field tackler on the entire defense. Best cover man in that second. Your, your best cover guy. And something you brought up for years on this show, Rod, that Texas had with Holton. The luxury that having a legitimate shutdown corner brings to a defense. Mm-hmm. Where you know where you no longer have the luxury of being able to help other guys roll coverage to the other side of the field or mm-hmm. do a split coverage or whatever it is you want to do. Or even tell your safety, hey, hey, in this coverage, we've already talked about in the film session, don't worry about hope. Right. You need to focus on, especially if this James Washington's over here or somebody like that, you key on this right. So your keys change up, too, when mm-hmm. you lose your shutdown corners of safety. Yep. So all that's out the window now. Which and might have made Deshaun Elliott a lot more successful at making those plays because he doesn't have to worry about holding on the other oh, side. Oh, and be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have those Earl Thomases, you make your mm-hmm. DBs so good, very same idea. And, it, and it's twofold. We're seeing also, you know, people have been like, why don't you bench Chris Boyd and put Devontae Davis in? Now we're starting to realize why Devontae Davis yeah, hasn't played much this That's a great point. So you combine all those issues, and I do like the fact, Rod, that this defense was able to kind of compensate. And, and, and I'll give the defense a pass from this standpoint. In this league, even against the Kansases of the world, it's really hard to expect your defense to show up at an elite level every week in this conference. Agreed. And considering the fact that you held Oklahoma State to 10 points in regulation, the fact that you did well enough to beat Oklahoma, you had a good enough defensive performance that you were in the game against Oklahoma in the fourth quarter. Uh, you held off TCU as long as you could mm-hmm. until the dam broke. You faced, you held Iowa State to 10 rushing yards. You faced some of the best offenses in this conference already and done more than your share of the job to carry everybody's water. So I'll get the defense to pass from that standpoint but when you look at this thing going forward rod i am concerned because i don't think some of these issues maybe it's getting you know Devonte davis some reps and whatnot or just kind of figuring out what you do and i guess kansas is a really good team to kind of figure mm-hmm. out okay now todd orlando's got film and say okay this is what we can do these coverages are out we can do this blah 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 I'm worried because I think some of the issues we saw against Kansas, that's stuff that's not fixable going week to week against West Virginia. They, this defense now has a vulnerability that teams can expose and attack. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that um, I, it worries me, and I, I brought it up on the show. You know, Todd Orlando's been playing, and I haven't charted it specifically versus Kansas, and I'm meant to do that. I'll do that probably tonight. How many plays that Texas plays on defense in dime coverage or six defensive backs? I believe is above 80-something percent. Yeah. Uh, even, that's just me estimating versus Kansas just watching it because um, I saw very little changes in personnel defensively in terms of switching up from that dime which means Todd Orlando is kind of falling in love with the dime. The dime is your new base personnel for the rest of the season considering you're going to play West Virginia pass okay. happy team and Texas Tech. That's your base personnel and he's fell in love with it versus you know Oklahoma State. He called it that lightning pact where he put Brecken Hager on the D-line and then bring in Gary Johnson more speed on the field but he branded versus Oklahoma State I believe it was 63% of the time in the dime package versus Baylor they ended up running at 80% of the time and versus TCU who is more balanced team likes to run the football actually as much if not more than they pass the football he only ran it 41% of the time but it's mostly because they didn't stop the run early alright so if you stop yeah. the run then more that dime plays more because you get the team in passing situations so Tyrolando would like to play that dime he'd fall in love with it. he actually says recently that he believes now he's figured out a way to use that dime to even stop the run and yeah. that's why I think bringing in Jason Hall was key for him versus uh Kansas because I don't think John Bunny was hurt or anything. Not no, that I, I heard. don't think he was. Yeah, I think he actually substituted uh, Jason Hall in there because he wanted a hybrid. He wanted, and you talked about this before the season even started, that you would like to see Jason Hall used as a hybrid. You know what I mean? Right. You and Todd Orlando thinking along the same lines. So 
you know what, maybe I can bring him in. And basically, I'm playing a 3-3 then, depending on the offensive formation. I got three down linemen. I got three linebackers. And I can shift based on if they on a 50-50 down if they want to run or throw the ball. So that's why I think versus, you know, West Virginia and Texas Tech, you might see John Bunny back in there because he, you see, he plays him deep. It's kind of a middle field safety. It's weird. Which, as we talked about for rover. years, though, that's a good role for John It Bunny. is a good role. for He's been great in that role, actually. Um, and so, and then Antoine Davis, honestly, you're not missing P.J. Locke that much, which is crazy. I don't know, P.J. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to get his job back. But, hell, man, it's hard to bench somebody. <laughs> if you're being two sound. Two picks, just, a yeah. pick six, and then a fumble recovery. So I think that dying personnel is going to be key. That's the new base for Texas. And what hurts is when you don't have the shutdown corner, mm-hmm. when you're playing six defensive backs. And versus Kansas, you didn't have two of your top five defensive backs because you were missing P.J. Locke as well. But when you And so inexperience with Jason Hall and Antoine Davis, I think, played a role too. But when you don't have that shutdown corner, as you pointed out, man, that one vulnerability. It can it can totally collapse that secondary, especially in it's this like league. I've seen that. Yeah, exactly. It's like an old line man. One in, vulnerability can collapse the whole thing. The offensive minds in this league and Doug Meacham's a good coordinator. Oh yeah, he just doesn't have anything to work with. Mm-hmm. The Kansas, you're gonna help go against Holgerson next week. <sighs> Kingsbury to finish the season. Yeah, man. Yeah, if there is even the slightest bit of which there is now. Yeah, of invincibility in that defense. Or uh, well, whatever, because now you, know. you have more than one. You used to have Houghton Hill on one side, and you had Deshaun Elliott covering, and you had PJ Lax. She was like, that all right, Chris Boyd number, yeah. is inconsistent. But when Chris Boyd's playing at his best, hell, he's actually one of the better corners in the Big 12. The problem is we don't know what game the good Chris Boyd is going to come out and the bad one. Well, because you can have one play that if he has 95% of good plays but two screw-ups, that's two touchdowns, you can lose the game. Exactly. So if Chris Boyd's having a bad day, you can can compensate for that with the way you play your safeties and the way you roll your coverage because you know you have confidence in Houghton Hill as your shutdown corner. But when you don't have Houghton Hill as a shutdown corner, and then you have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde over there with Chris Boyd, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Boyd, over there, all right, then you just don't know, you know, how teams are going to attack you, and then you're playing, you're kind of playing it straight up. And as a defensive coordinator, playing anything straight up is basically a recipe for disaster in the yeah, Big 12. that's the numbers game where they, the Big 12 wants you to be they, in, and then that's the whole yeah. goal of the spread is to be straight up. You know and then I mean? once you're one-on-one, then you take advantage when, of that. When, yeah, when you're one-on-one and you got Houghton Hill versus your guy, yeah, then that's in. a win for you. Yes. That's a win. Houghton Hill versus even James Washington. Now it's the mismatch we're trying to get. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> exactly. For Texas, you want one-on-ones all across the yes. field, defensively and offensively, because you have better athletes. But against Cliff Kingsbury and Dana Hobson. Isolate a one-on-one yeah. mismatch. Exactly They'll right. do that all game. With Devontae Davis and Chris Boyd. I just want to throw out yeah. some numbers there from pro, from pro Football Focus. And, again, at 24-7 Sports, we've got the partnership with Pro Football Focus, so I've got access to their grades and, and their data. Love Pro Football um, Focus. Holton Hill on the season, Rod, targeted 60 times. Two interceptions, six pass breakups, seven forced incomplete passes, and this is it tells you how good of a run defender he is. Eighteen stops, which Pro Football Focus considers a stop, yeah. a solo tackle that results in an offensive failure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he, that's his well, and run stops are going to be at the line of scrimmage or behind too. And so, then Chris, wow. so Chris Boyd, Chris, Chris Boyd's data been targeted fifty-eight times, and Holton Hill has not given up a touchdown according to Pro Football Focus the way they've charted it. Chris Boyd targeted fifty-eight times, allowed three touchdowns. One interception, seven pass breakups, nine forced incomplete passes, and 12 stops. Quite similar other than the glaring touchdown mistakes. Exactly. Those are the whole. Those we are exactly nine, what we talk about. Nine when we forced incomplete passes, yeah. and how many solo stops? St- uh, stops. 12. Yeah. That's, that's see, Almost that's, identical except for yeah, the blown assignments. It's those 95% of say, plays. Are here's, here's, the other, here's, here's the other Mr. part Boyd. of that. We talk about the touchdown differential. <laughs> it's just the chalky, the shiky syndrome. Pro, yeah. just shiky Boyd over there. That's when confidence can become your own enemy at yeah. times. Pro Football Focus also charts missed tackles. Oh, that's just good. Three on the year for Holton Hill, mm-hmm. 12 for Chris Boyd. There yep. you go. There you go. Mistakes are huge. And, you there know, you right go. when you're talking about wow. the, how successful the dime <laughs> package crazy. is based on. I'm sorry, 10 for Chris Boyd, 10. But that proves that they're about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Boyd are, as exactly. I mean, Matt calls him, Shocky Boyd. Yes, That's sir. it. He's all over the place. But he's an NFL He's NFL corner. He's an NFL corner because his ceiling is actually up there with Houghton Hills. But he's not as consistent. He's not at the baseline. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Matt the baseline is way lower for Chris Boyd than it is for Houghton Hill. Yes, he has a big floor. Brandon yeah. Jones and Chris Boyd both are guys that have oh. had moments where they've been really good this year. But they both have moments where they've been really bad. That's exactly. And, and that's just, the difference between Deshaun Elliott and Houghton Hill. Just, just Deshaun Elliott had had no bad. When you're consi- always yeah. consistently good. And then you excel, you're going to be an All American. But those glaring holes really screw you over. All right, break time on the show. But when we come back, we're talking more about the 42 27 win over Kansas. And we'll start looking ahead to what's next for the Longhorns. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. 
just as we talk about on offense how a good quarterback can mask a lot of deficiencies, we're seeing now the luxury of a shutdown corner beat it. Because, Rod, great point, bro. no disrespect to yourself or Ahmad Brooks or Nathan Vaster, you guys were a much better secondary when Quentin Jammer shutting down half the field. Well, he was a top five corner. And they talked about the it NFL. all the time. Him and so, Rodgers and Hampton, it just works so good when well, you have – and like, But how you were talking to start this about how the dime is so integral because of the ability to stop the run, and then it allows you to have the dime, and it reminded me sort of what y'all were able to do with that defensive front in the early 2000s. And if you look at the data right now, Texas, power success rate, entire nation, number one. Average, they allow success rate, an average defense, 68% of the time on rundowns that you'd be able to convert. Texas, it's only 42.9%. The best in the nation. And then the stuff rate for Texas, normal stuff rate, which is what Jeff was talking about, that we're at the line of scrimmage or behind, 19% is national average. Texas, 28% of runs are stuff at the line or behind. So when you're getting those numbers, when you said that, I was like, the data's right here. It's exactly there. It's feeding the other. But now we found out that now the back end may have a couple holes that could be exploited due to losing your best Mm -hmm. player. But we haven't. luckily, you got your best time tested against Kansas. Like, that was the best game possible to go out there without Holton Hill and have the repercussions of your bad actions maybe not pay for a game the way they did in the other ones when you have a hole or two against a good team. I heard you talking about this on your show, and it's really weird the way this season has played out because we talk about, okay, Tom Herman can't run his offense. He doesn't have the parts. We know this. Yeah. But I don't like the fact that some people are like, it's, it's an either-or thing. Either this thing is garbage and it's not what exactly. we thought it it's was. Never. Or, and, or, or ah, you're just a curmudgeon, you're a hater, and, and this thing is okay. great yeah. and you're playing hard. It ain't black it, and you white. Can, you can have both. It's, yeah. it's shades of gray. No question. And the reason why I say it's shades of gray because I go, I look at I look at my notes and I hear what you said the other day. Do you realize in four of the five games Texas has won, they've held the opponent to under 100 yards rushing. Also in four of their five wins, they ran the ball 40 or more times. Mm-hmm. So it's still, yeah. even though you're Is having it? issues running the football, it's still all about physicality and winning at the line of scrimmage. All those numbers Matt just said, exactly right. the rushing numbers, when yeah. you focus on being Stop a running rate. team, when you for this team, when you shorten the game, you run the football, which is what they're going to have to do. It's your formula. Two games. That's yeah. part of your formula. Exactly. That should be thrown into the formula. That's what's upsetting. It's like, well, we're identifying what, what wins for you. Like you said, they, I think that the number is when they run the ball at least 40 times, they're 4-0. and When they don't, they're 1-4. and The only win they have where they didn't run the ball four times, I believe it versus Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. And I'll look into this in you know a second, I mean? but remember a couple years ago when we couldn't believe why is Texas losing despite getting more yards one per five. play? Sorry. Getting more yards per play, yards, everything per play or per down was good, but Texas just wasn't getting the amount of plays yeah. because we weren't running. And now I would like to see the indicator. I might look into that to see with those when those 40 plus. Is that just because the offense is controlling the ball and going up and down, or is it because you actually, the run game is sustaining your but success? But think about that. It, can be yeah, both. It, was, it was Baylor, Rod. They it's Baylor, right? So they, they're one in five when they they fail to run the ball at least 40 times. Mm-hmm. So when I agree with Matt, I'm sure there's, a, the there's a lot, there's a lot of deeper, like, we, you know, we got to get into that stat. That's just a stat you throw out there. Doesn't show you everything, but it does show you that mm-hmm. if they, there is a formula they can follow. So offensively, when you're building the game plan, you're like, hey man, we, we know we got to run the ball. We got a great defense. We want to keep them fresh because when they're on the field, they dominate. Hell, they even score points for us. There's a good chance if they're fresh and they're, mm-hmm. those guys are hungry and ferocious on the sideline, they're salivating. They're going to go out there and score points. That has been proven too. So my thing is, it's like this offensive staff doesn't know their team yet. It's like, know who you are. Yeah. Why are you trying to act like you're a good offense? I know you suck. You're supposed to know you suck too. And you need to you need to coordinate appropriately to that. And they don't do that. It should you know just I mean? be about survival at this point. Yeah, exactly. Just the, the microscopic things that have worked for you, and yet we don't see it. But I did see more of it. I'm glad they broke off the RPOs versus Kansas. I'm like, oh, oh nice. Great to break off the, you know, the goal line with Sam Elliott. Oh, great. Break off the RPOs. I love that play, by the way, with the quarterback rides play. out at the mesh point. It was the, beautiful. The late release by the tight end. Oh, God. End. It, was, it, re- it really was. And that, that was sexual. Like, I, I, yeah. as a, I texted him, I was like, oh, look at that creativity. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I mean, I just thought it was fantastic. I, that was the best play I've seen Tim Beck call probably. All year long. It's funny it's though. Right. It's still in the NFL when you see those themes. Sometimes you're like, "Oh my God, why, what are they doing?" Like when Carson Wentz had a touchdown pass like that last week. Oh yeah, that was just so beautiful. It was just and beautiful. it befuddled half the NFL. It's like I've never seen anything like that. Because and it was, I mean, they got to leaving those guys on a pump fake that they threw in deep. It was insane. It's a, so I I I think that's the frustration. But you are you're totally right, totally right about the you know the the running the football thing. I don't know how they haven't figured it out. Keep the defense fresh. We got long ball Dixon. Let's for offense. Let's just not screw 
screw it up. Maybe we got to win this thing with field position and just grinding it out. Your goal should be to, if you're Texas, your goal should be to get as many and not that this is the this isn't the goal, but it seems like this offense really fights this at times. Your goal should be how many third and five or lesses can we get in a game? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, third you and know. five or less. I agree. They got third and long for you is suicide. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. And for for Texas, you just at that point now with third and long. Like for that you. should be your number one priority. We've got to get it third and five or less. We got to, we, then then what, then simplify that. All right, we got to win on first down. Turn in. We got to get three to four yards. That's where we're at with this offense. Down. Like small small victories. Like I said, mm-hmm. yes, this baby. So I, I hope they're figuring that out. But I, to me, my the frustration will be is the offense hasn't really figured out who they are. They're still. It's like hey, I, I, the media and all of the us, list, us watching, you know, the games have figured out what this offense is, and yet week to week they're struggling to figure it out. So I, I think now they're getting close to it. Hopefully, versus West Virginia and Texas Tech, who teams that can score, they're prolific scores. You know, you can't get in the shootout with West Virginia and Texas Tech, so you need to coordinate. Appropriately, forty rushes or more. Yeah. You, know this, you know what this offense, <laughs> offensive staff reminds me of at times, Rod. Everybody's got a friend like this. The type of friend that you ask them what time is it, and they tell you how the watch is made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all exactly. the details. Like yeah. I just asked you what time. I it just was. asked you what why, time it was, man. Why is this such a big deal? That's it. Uh, and Dan Neal had a great piece uh, on Horns twenty four seven about kind of the O line play and some of his observations. And you know, there's there's a lack of creativity to a certain extent. He brought up the fact that they sometimes they call the same plays almost back to back, even if they work like yeah. he'll go back to the same play and it's like well well you gotta go back to it right now you know what i mean like you get what give if, if that play worked that means you're probably at an advantageous point in terms of down and distance so open it up a little bit and i feel him on that i noticed that too i'm like whoa don't just go right back to it with the same personnel package at least change up the formation and the personnel package and something yeah but shift that's it, what we've been talking dress, about, like, window dress it or something a little differently if man. You've, that, <laughs> that was the beauty of like bill walsh's offense like if you figure out okay we're really good at running a Tight inside zone. Yeah, we're running right. Boom. Okay. Every time it's working. Whether like, it be if we match have Shackleford in the game, we're around Shackleford and Valley, yeah. boom, we're running right there. Then run it out of seven different formations. Great, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Put the, some guys in motion. Add funk to it. That's yeah, like, yes. like, well, we we're, talked we're, about what they did with Zeke in that championship game. Like, yeah, it, exactly. they literally did that. Exact. He talked about doing thing. that with them and like six different times. I don't know if this has been shared, but I'll share it at this point. So I talked to somebody that had knowledge of Tom Herman. Went down and met with Nick Saban. I think after that mm-hmm. game, and Nick Saban go, "What the hell did you guys do to us?" And they broke down the film, and it was Tom Herman telling Nick Saban, "We're doing anything fancy. We're running split zone. We just ran it out of nine different formations." Yeah, you found. The uh, what is it? The the thermal exhaust port or whatever. But yeah, yeah, you found a thermal exhaust port in the uh, damn. My Star Wars now knowledge is off. Uh, uh, the guy next uh, in the Death Star, right? Yeah, in the, the, the Death Star, they had one weakness, right? So Alabama didn't have a lot of weakness. You better find that one weakness, and then you better figure out a way to not only explore it but to blow it the freak up. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. to have it collapse the entire infrastructure of that team, and that's what you got to do versus really good teams. You got to find those two or three little weaknesses, whether it be a matchup thing, mm-hmm. whether it's a sc- Dramatic uh, era on their part, and that's what a coach's job is to do. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what coordinating is. <laughs> that's why I think when going, going back to the Texas defense, that's why I think if, if if you're Dana Holgerson, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, and you're looking at Devontae yeah. Davis and Chris Boyd, you're thinking, man, we're going to hit him with rubs, we're going to hit him with picks, we're going to hit him with double moves, because if you give these guys a lot to process, they can't process they can't. it. Fast and remember, we said that against USC when Sam Darnold faced it. was like, man, why didn't they go after Chris Boyd early? I would have mm-hmm. started off the game just kind of chugging it deep and, you know, double moves, and they never did that and it was like well that was just a bad game plan on their part you know what I mean like we because we know this team and I agree with you I think against West Virginia and I know we're not previewing yet we're going to get there I, I think that is going to be the weakness ultimately for the Texas defense don't be surprised if you see one of the worst performances by the Texas defense versus West Virginia only because you're vulnerable at both corner positions yeah um and that's Holgerson's it. the type of guy that it's, thrives it, on attacking yes. those type it's, of things it's one of those positions that's really hard to cover up it's hard to cover up a weakness when mm. both your Corners or and now now because well, you now, can't shade to one or the get, other. If you get if you get Doctor Jekyll instead of Mister Boyd or Mister Boyd to Doctor Jekyll, whichever way you want to say, then you might be all right because then Chris Boyd be playing at a really high level. But even when he plays at a high level, as we said, it's inconsistent, so he may give up a big touchdown. I, I think that's going to be the Achilles heel for the Texas defense for the rest of the year. If Todd Orlando can scheme around that, hell man, somebody need to give that man either that's a raise. Hard to scheme around the that's part of the scheme got, in yeah. the Big Twelve. It is, and yeah. but you got a pass rush though. 
You do have you a do. pass rush. And that's a big thing. So you get, if you can get there before they can exploit you, which is going to be tough, too, because West Virginia's got a pretty good offensive That's line. why you got to get yeah. into the situations, and that's why the run defense is so key. Because then it is. if the run defense eliminates that, then it allows you to be aggressive and understand that you can bring the pass rush. You cannot allow them to be balanced. It's a race at that yeah. time. Because, yeah, if you give him any time, he's going to pick yeah. us apart. We talked about the holes yeah. in the secondary. But if that clock is on your defense's terms and you're able to get there in predictable downs and do it in four exactly seconds right. or less— then you can go and attack them, and that's the one thing when you look at West Virginia in recent years, we always talk about this passing this explosive offense, but when I remember back to losing up there a couple years ago or even losing here at times, they've ran all over they Texas. Ran the ball. So that's the big issue is if the run defense can keep doing what they've been doing on the road in a hostile environment where it's going to be colder than you expect and all those type of things, that's something that you'll be able to see in the first quarter. If you can't stop the run, it's going to be a long day. If you can, you're going to have a good shot. Defensive play calling is tough enough. If you can it at least be able to make them mm-hmm. somewhat predictable. All right, third and long, they're going to throw the football. Life is a lot easier on you, and that's when Todd Orlando was at his best. And then so they, I agree with you. Yes, yeah, can't be balanced. In, that's one thing. Whenever you go against them and say that you don't get the stop though, and then they get you in a mismatch because they have your pass rushing downs on the field, and then they start running against you, and it can become a slippery slope if you d- yeah, just true. have a couple blown assignments or a few things can really cause a whole drive to go downhill. In that's, a that's usually against when Texas goes against dual threat quarterbacks or really mobile quarterbacks where they have to worry on third and long that it's still a 50-50 down yep, like Kenny exactly. Hill third and 17 gets 27 yards. So that sort of That's game. when, and I, I don't think it's just a title under defense. I think Texas, no matter who the defensive coordinator is, any defense can be can be basically taken advantage of and exploited when you got a dual threat quarterback. That's the danger of those guys. So Will Greer can move it. That's functional mobility mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's one of those guys so I do think Gary Johnson, Malik Jefferson being on the field uh, can mitigate that damage. And right. Gary Johnson, that's the one thing too when he went down last game, I was oh, a little forgot bit about that. that damn a, it, damn the run Max. stuff. Now I don't know. It doesn't forgot look like that. he'll play, but they didn't say anything definitive. It's he just went, a stinger. He went contact in practice on Sunday, so and those are unpredictable. Those things. I forgot about that. Yeah. Rod, I'm gonna, back, I'm gonna go back to That's the offense big. real quick and talking about you know I know what Dan noticed that they run the same play kind of back to back. That was a great call by Daniel. To me, it's, it's, it's the inability to like build on on what's working. We've been talking about that. And perfect example. I was really surprised that they force the issue with the run. Even though, yeah, it's Kansas, we haven't seen them force the issue with the run the way this staff did early. You go back and look at that five-play, 60-yard touchdown drive that ended with a Tennille Carter 23-yard run, that was all run play. Yeah. And that was Shackelford's first series, yep. and you saw them getting movement, and it's like, wow, okay, they're they're going to be able to run the ball today. And first quarter rushing numbers, really good. 11 carries, 73 yards, 6.6 a pop. The problem was in the second and third quarters when you started passing the ball more and Shane Booth shows sack yards and he's got to scramble because you're trying to move the pocket and really you got away from what was working. Mm-hmm. 17 carries, 26. Yeah. I just I, I don't understand like we were just saying. I don't understand why what the problem is if you can't take what's working and just kind of build on it, just be like, okay, this is what we're good at. And if the other team stops it, then everybody knows we're screwed. But at least run it until they stop it. Well, my and, and, and I agree with you 100%. I would add on to that and say also add the counterpunch. So when the team adjusts, which you, you're which supposed to did. inevitably. 17 yes, for 26 is not good. Exactly. Every team is going to adjust. They this, Coach Brown would say, hey, they're on scholarship too. Um, their coaches are paid too. So they're going to try. They're going to do their best to stop it, um, whether it be to overload something or to roll the cover. Coverage, whatever, Coaches and when they do point. that, where's your counterpunch? Have the counterpunch ready, and that's what. And I, I, I don't think they do a good job of self scouting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just self scouting. Like I literally, like, I, Bill Belichick's supposed to be the greatest self scouter of all time. Like he just he he he's thinking, which is you thinking three or four steps ahead of your competition. I like guess the self scouting thing is the chess of football, right? Right. All right. All right. What do we do well? What's the team gonna try to stop when we come in here? So what should we do? They're gonna come in and try to stop the run initially. Hey, why not come out with the play action? And just chunk it deep on them. Oh, there you go. That worked out really well for you know what I mean. So the self scouting that was actually I want to say they probably did their best self scouting job probably versus Kansas because it's Kansas um, of the year because they in terms of coming into the game because their first scripted plays actually are pretty good and they did not adjust well in the kind of coaching chess match with Kansas. That's my thing. Self scouting. They don't they don't do it really well. Like you're supposed to know the the counter punch and have that counter punch ready to go and they don't really do that really well. So it's yeah it's, I think it's just a chemistry thing with the coaching staff man. They just don't. Tim Beck being added to this mix, he and Tom Herman need this bowl game because they just need to go on a romantic, 
crew. They need a bromance mm. getaway together because they don't vibe. They they don't have natural chemistry. I would say the best radio I ever did was with Craig Way, but Craig Way didn't have natural chemistry. Like we worked our tails off at it. You know what I mean? Like we just worked at it. Yeah. And Craig's so damn talented that it's hard to screw up with Craig there. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like being with Joe Montana or somebody, being with a goat. Like it's it's hard. I just had to do my part. You know what I mean? And we worked at it and had great chemistry. My best radios I've ever done was him. But there were some guys I worked with I had natural chemistry with. So I think it's differently, but you can still work at it. And I don't think Tim Beck and Tom Herman are working at this thing because it's just, you know what I mean? It's yeah. still, it's still, it still seems like it's just discombobulated and. I don't know. It's sporadic. It's like there's no groove to the offense. Even you know, even when they're in the groove, they take themselves out of the groove. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the frustration for Texas fans with this offense is it's no different really than the Sean Watson thing because when Charlie Strong hired Sean Watson, everybody questioned it. I questioned it. You guys knew I wasn't a fan of that mm-hmm. iron because there was nothing in Sean Watson's background aside from the couple years he had Teddy Bridgewater that led you to believe, I think this guy's a great innovative offensive mind and he's just going to come blow the barn doors off this thing. Yeah, you're right. And there's nothing in Tim Beck background that suggested that he's a great kind of innovative offensive guy that's going to kind of bring this system along and, and be great. And I think the fact that they have struggled, everybody that was publicly against it and said it was a bad hire and it didn't make sense, those people look right right now. Whether they are or not, it's, I guess that's going right. to be determined in the long run, but... Everybody that had, if if anybody was looking for ammunition against Tom Herman for that Tim Beck hire, they've got it. And he's not making any changes, so right. you guys got to deal with said it. That yeah, he said, yeah, he said, listen, if Texas beats the hell out of Texas Tech and they fire Cliff Kingsbury, then yeah, you better hire Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. <laughs> but I feel you, right now, unless you can make an upgrade, I don't see him you know, breaking up the continuity but, of it. So yeah. it's just one of those deals that's just, uh, that's where a lot of people's frustrations from. I agree. Because they do look right. I agree and, with you on that. And it's the lack of, it's the lack of, of growth, even though you have had injuries and stuff, it's just is this offense really that much better than it was in week two, week three? Because even even when Connor Williams was on this offensive line, like we talked about, they weren't great running football. Yeah, and I, I got, don't know that first quarter. I tried to remember the numbers we looked at against USC with Warren and like how well Texas ran in that first quarter, and then right after the Connor Williams injury, it all went to crap, and it was all nope. just. I mean, we weren't it's, great. You're right, but they at least showed glimmers of hope with him. But yeah, they not a good unit overall. Yeah. It wasn't dominant, of course, with no. Connor Williams, but he coming back, even though he's going to be at start of the season form. Let's be honest with this. Right. He's coming off. He's not going to come back like an All American form, and he's an All American. He's still the probably best player on that O line, even coming back at just season, you know, season beginning form. I'll say this, you know, much like with a shutdown corner, you get one good shutdown corner, it allows you a lot of flexibility and freedom in that secondary in terms of the way you're calling things and the way you can shift and roll things. Same thing if you can just get one solid anchor on that O-line, and, you know, he can he can make other guys better on that O-line. That's one thing about the O-line. You get one solid piece there. He can make the guard better. He can make the, the center better because it can alleviate some of their responsibilities. So, yeah, I think it can have an impact. I'm against the move, by the way. I think it's a bad move for him. I think it's a bad business decision um, for him to come back. I just don't agree with it. I think he should, since all the mock drafts that I've seen still have him being drafted into the top 10 or 15, I think he should just go that route and get healthy. But that's just me coming from the brotherhood. I want him to go get paid for his reps. Mm-hmm. But I do think he will make an improvement on the O-line. It can't hurt the O-line. No. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, so by us. Haven't had an NFL guy right? in a decade. By yes. osmosis, it will just help the O-line. I mean, hell, just him being available, I'm sure, will be a spiritual yes, right. uplift for that O-line. And, and it might be the best O-lineman in the country. You're, so, you're going to have, this is the best your offensive line is going to look. Because, honestly, Connor Williams at 60% is better than Tristan Nicholson or Denzel Okafor at 100%. No right argument now. here. So, Williams, Vahe, Shackleford to be back in the mix, which, based on what we saw against Kansas, it's time to go ahead and make that move again and, yeah. and put Shackelford back in the lineup and with McMillan at, at right guard. And then Derek Kerstetter, Dan Neal said it, pro football focus backs it up. Derek Kerstetter's played some really good football the last few weeks. I know. From what I think I heard about him, his challenge is, you know, not an ability one, uh, but one of this kind of physical, like he just needs, he's got a little bit, he's got a little kid body still. He doesn't yeah. have a grown man body yet. They got to pack some weight on him and get some grown man Kerstetter to me is a yeah. uh, is more like a more nimble version of Josh Cochran. That's who it reminds me of. Same kind yeah, of yeah. mentality, yeah. Like saying similar skills. Yeah, he's a technician set. more yeah. so than just a brute force type of yeah. lineman, which is, I, I don't mind technicians. I mean, you can do it but different types of ways. But I think he's a guy, Rod, that can end up playing all three spots. I mean, we saw him in the U.S. Yeah. Army game, snap at center. Yeah. And he was really good at guard. He's, That's why, you know. He's very had, athletic. They had to put him at tackle because you, you didn't have any choice. You just don't have to say you out of necessity, I think, yeah. you put him there. So, but I you, mean, if there's a silver lining to all this, it's that your right tackle position for 2008 is probably 
probably looking not too bad. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I think the O-line may end up looking, I'm not saying this, um, competent versus West Virginia if Connor Williams comes in and he plays at just his close to his baseline. And I don't even know where that is, but not his ceiling because he's just starting to come back what, off that injury. But just his baseline. What do you and guys think? Be oh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, and just on Kerstetter's number, he narrowly missed out on the Big 12 uh, team of the week. He was two points off behind the K-State tackle Dalton okay. Reisner, but it was Jake McMillan who got on the All-Big 12 team and also Kendall Moore. So if you combine Kerstetter, that's three of the Kendall six Moore, guys yeah. as three of the six best blockers in all of Big 12 and this past week were on the Texas line. And then on the defensive team, Jason Hall, Deshaun Elliott, Brecken Hager, Puna Ford, and Malik. Five of the 11 on the all Big 12 team were uh, Longhorns against te- Kansas. For, P- from PFF, Jason Hall graded out as the top safety in the country. Yeah, 90.1. Yeah. Deshaun Texas was right played uh, the 21 personnel, too, in offense, which I liked with the H-back yeah, role for Chris so Warren. that's kind of what I want to get y'all's opinions on. Um, what do y'all think about the move of Chris Warren to H-back? Rod, I, know, I, I agree with it. you 100%. I love it's, it. It's it's, if he can help you, I'd rather him help you than just be a guy on the sideline, maybe mm-hmm. soaking or whatever. Just, and him, we talked about the two role. back sets that we th- may start to see exactly. last week when we saw the snap count starting to overlap yep. the numbers, and it was like, oh, they're being inventive, they're changing stuff, let's pay attention, and now we see him there. So it's just a good way to give good looks, more noise for the defense staff to think about, and then it may actually be able to be successful when you implement Could it. Give you a numbers advantage in a running game, uh, make teams respect that more, opened up some of the play action form too, and they threw a deep max protecting with that group as well in the 21 And throwing to Warren. Yeah. We, uh, we got to give props to uh, a friend of the show because he was on my recruiting show when I was across town, Rod known him for a number of years. Antoine Davis is playing hey. by far the best football of his career. I was happy to see And it. honestly, man, if you if you look at the pro football focus grades, the performance level Texas is getting from Antoine Davis is a significant upgrade from what P.J. Locke was given. Uh, Antoine Davis, yeah. only, only 209 snaps on a year, but his overall grade, 79.2. Uh, he's probably sl- slightly below average as a run defender, but in coverage, 78.9 by on the PFF grading scale. That's bordering on very good. That's, well, that's and those high grades, when you look at them and when you have mistakes and holes, that's what lowers your right. grades so much. So that's sort of what good way for us to look at these players and individualize what we see whenever you see a blown coverage and those things. That's what these actual yeah. grades are interpreting on a 0 to 100 scale. Hmm. And then P.J. Locke's grade on 473 snaps, 44.8. Yeah. Coverage? But overall. Overall, that um, better. Coverage it'll is, be better in coverage. Coverage is a 46.1. Not much. Uh, you know, run defender, 51.6. Pass rush. Actually, that is bigger for the nickel, uh, 51.4. So he's either below average wow. or Wow. I mean, so, yeah, I wonder if P.J. Locke will get his job back. Well, at this point, it's it's will he physically come back this year? I mean, he, he more is he like, still most, on, is he most, not available he's, for the West Virginia? He's definitely out for West Virginia. Okay. So then you figure coming back on a short week, you just maybe hold him out until the bowl game. I agree with you. Hopefully, I mean, you get there. Yeah, because you definitely want to put him out there as a liability against West Virginia or Kansas, unless you. Tech, I'm sorry, West Virginia. Unless Texas you need Tech. the body to get well to it, a bowl game too. You know, well, we now with have, the way in, now with, true, that, with true. those stats, you're good. It's like, hey yeah. man, you're good. Matter of fact, you you need to you need to stay out and rest. Agreed. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. But so yeah, if you need depth, though, these are the two teams we may need the depth there because we. Well, you still got Jason Hall for manufactured depth, and you got John Bonney to manufacture depth who can play corner and safety. I would still venture to guess snap count wise that Dave. Davis, is he? Did he play every single snap at Nick? I because be- oh. I mean that's going to be something that if he does, I believe he did. If he does that three consecutive weeks, that's going to be a ton of snaps for a guy. Now, hopefully, He's if, fresh he, if he does, he hasn't played saying, in three years. Yeah, yeah. just the like, way. Like, I haven't played since 2015. I just looking at the way that our coaches have used snap counts because they're really big in all across sports is being more potent in less snaps. It's the same thing in the NBA plays, and just saying that we that. May be something to watch that that grade may yeah. not sustain once you do that play that many steps that many in a row for three weeks Give against me a good passing. Well, it gets better competition. Exactly. Too. Yeah, I think that's more of it. But you're right. I mean, that's I yeah. No, I mean, if he's better, he's going to be on the field. It would be just nice that if we, there was depth behind him, I just hadn't even looked to see if anybody else played behind him because then getting a guy back like Lock, if available, can be good to have because you're going to need that depth if you're going to be able to beat Tech. All right, we're going to take a timeout right here, but when we come back, we're talking about that Texas defense and what Todd Orlando needs to do to compensate for the loss of Holton Hill. We'll do that when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. 
Is there anything you guys want to discuss about the Kansas game? Anything left over before we um, talk a little bit of West Virginia and then close? Uh, field goal kicking still is bad for Texas. Look, here's the issue, so, and I, you know, I'm which glad is also Brian something Davis that's been brought it up at in, case all, in a yeah. press conference. Everybody likes making binder jokes. What the hell is Tom Harmon supposed to do? No, he's got nothing to give. He has two kickers, field. and according to him, they kick yeah. well in practice, and they try to make chaos, and the kids basically just yeah. I mean, you crap really, the bed Brian, when they joke under pressure. You, you, really, you really are at the point where you know, unless you get inside the thirty. You're pretty much in four down territory. Yeah, I agree, and they're not even great inside. I mean, well, at least if you're looking at Josh Rowland, he's not. He's not. He's inconsistent everywhere. It doesn't matter. Right. And this is like matter. the worst position because yeah, it so, can only avalanche in the wrong direction. Like we saw recently, Robert Aguayo was the best college kicker. People would say they maybe have ever seen. Yeah, he's second round draft pick, and then like when you're already an outsider, you're the one guy on the team that doesn't fit in, and you don't do anything, and then you start to fail, and you already aren't good with dealing with pressure, and you really oh, it, but you could see how obviously he's. Became an issue yeah. at Texas for years. It's been this way since the Ferris stuff. Seventy-five snaps. I mean, Nick Rose last week. Man. Oh, damn, that's a lot of snaps. That's good though. That means I mean, a lot that's all you got. But yeah, I mean, I just and, and you know, I know Tom talked about. I think I forgot what scenario was. They had like a fourth and six at like the yeah plus thirty-nine, and it's like, whoa, what do you what do you do? It's Go for it. Do. You know, it's yeah, you kind of have to. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's screwed no matter where what situation is. So that's part of your offensive issues you have in terms of putting points on the board that he can't count on that. You can't even you can't even so it's making things tougher on Tim Beck because you're just like all right you know what you're calling plays like whoa, whoa I don't want to give up my three points to try to right. get six points and for Texas you don't even have that option yeah right? you know what so I mean? we got a couple minutes before we got to do picks and get out of here but I, I, I want to translate to just talk West Virginia for just a minute defensively Rod this is going to be as tough a test as Texas had all year because when no you question. look at the numbers Will Greer as efficient as he is as good as West Virginia is throwing the football they got a guy who's closed in on a thousand yards rushing mm-hmm. Crawford so I mean he's yep. I think at eight ninety nine. Going into yeah. the game, and they got a, a good receiver. Yeah, not again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's going to be another week where. I feel like we ask this every game, can this offense score enough points to give you a chance? On the road, too, by the way. On the road. On the road. So that's, that, that, that adds to the miss because you, you say your running game travels. Well, Texas doesn't have a running game. So what the <laughs> hell is going to travel worry, for? We gotta worry about that <laughs> I don't know what's going to travel for Texas offensively. Like, that's what I worry about. What the hell do they have in that uh, that bag of theirs? Wildcat. Uh, yeah, there you go. So Justin Crawford, by the way, does have 899 yards. Yeah, and he could end up breaking 1,000 versus Texas. I mean, he could, yeah. <laughs> All he needs is 101 yards. Um. Yeah, my thing is, I, I think it'll be the biggest test for them offensively. They just Texas can't afford for it to become a shootout, so they got to help out their defense a little bit. That means keeping that offense on the sideline, keeping Will Greer on the sideline. Within this Hank Hogerson system, Will Greer is probably, probably playing, and I agree with Tom Harmon, as well as Mason Rudolph or Baker Mayfield. Not saying he has the ceiling of those players, but within this system, he is extremely confident and comfortable. And Todd Orlando's got to find some way to kind of upset that equilibrium for them. So you make them one dimension, you take away Justin Crawford, and that seems crazy to put it in the hands of Will Grill, but that's when the Texas will be able to adjust and they can force turnovers. Hell, if Texas can turn over Baker Mayfield, they can turn over almost anybody in the country. Yep. Right. I mean, that's true. That And that they'll do that without Houghton Hill, but I think they can do that. It was like literally nobody else in the country had done that yeah. to Mayfield till Texas. To Todd, Todd Orlando throws those funky looks at you, man. If you can make Mason Rudolph non-existent, you can probably do that with most quarterbacks in the country. You are missing Houghton Hill, and Houghton Hill's a big part we of that Oklahoma that. State game. Yeah. So it's man, it's a tall order for for this defense. And, and offensively, you are facing one of the worst run defenses in the country against West Virginia. Yep. So I think it go. And and this is something we haven't talked about, and we got to talk about it here because we got to address it before we get out. The quarterback situation. What do you do there? I, I think it's a Sam Ellinger week because I. Th- think your best option is focus on running the football shorten the game I don't think I don't know if a high percentage passing game Rod like we talked about with Shane Bouchel I don't know if that's your best option this week I think having and not just running Sam Ellinger but having the running threat at quarterback to maximize what your backs can do I think that's probably the best plan you I, got this I, week I go a lot like if I'm, if I'm Tom Harmon I save Sam Ellinger for Texas Tech yeah. make, sure you, play him, I give, yeah, make yeah, sure you get your one make sure you gotta get one win I don't want to get hurt again so I, I, I'll give him more time to recover more time to rest in her ear issue, whatever the hell that is. You mean a brain issue? Yes. Uh, yes, I'll give him more time to recover and he can Equal play liberum. against an opponent that an opponent that I know we're better than or we're as good as and then he'll more likely to beat them. Against West Virginia, who's a physical football team on the road, I could see something crazy happening with Sam has to leave the game again, knocking on wood, but I don't want that to happen. So if I'm going to waste Sam, if I, if I need my one, I'm saving my one for Tech. I, I ain't giving you. up my one versus West Virginia. I, I, might get beat, I might get beat versus West Virginia with Sam in there too. I would I, love for Coach to actually because my defense that. is so bad. At least Texas Tech, you're playing two bad defenses. That's, you know, two 
imagine that there's no that, way Tom Herman's going to admit that. No, but no, I'm just saying my the point reasoning is against, totally valid. Yeah, my point is against West Virginia, your defense may be suspect anyway. You don't know right now. Yeah, you know I think I mean? could that be could that be a deal, Rod, where maybe you plan on playing him, and then maybe if it's you know for this offense, hell, like twenty-one-three in the third quarter, might as well be fifty-six to three. Maybe at that point you decide, you know what, he's Shane, go ahead and finish this game, and we'll just we'll live fight another day next Friday. I, I think this is Shane's game, and if Shane don't win it, and Texas gets to a bowl game, then Sam, it's your time for. In fact, I tell, I would tell both of them that, not, and I wouldn't tell them like in front of each other, but I would tell both of them individually. I say, Sam, you need more time to recover versus Tech. If Shane don't win, you got you got to start the show game. You might as well start watching Tech film now. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because I got to make a bowl game. I if it. I don't do that, I, I failed as a coach. But I'm at the sorry, same time, I'm like challenging no, Tom Herman here. No, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, though, I think Tom Herman's looking at the big picture. And if you beat a ranked team on the road, that gets you to six. Tech gets you to seven. Then you're thinking, okay, if I get the bowl game with eight, and you think about this team with all the issues we talked about, I agree. They still got a chance to win eight games. Right? I agree. That is true. amazing. Because well, we know program football this coach, team. Herman's going to try to win, but your reasoning makes total oh, no, sense. I and totally he agree still with you, may do that, but he still may also try to win. Like, it's like, that's a tough situation no, to be no, put no. in. I'm I still love trying it. to win. I'm just saving Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm saving Sam. I'm saving Sam against Clay. But I mean, and they baby. even fit, though. Like, you normally on the road, you're playing from behind. You're a dog. You need a veteran. You need a guy to throw into the game. They both sort of fit. And then you can always bring in Sam if you need it. But, yeah, it, that's an interesting dichotomy or situation to be put in. It is, actually. Now I, I just randomly threw that out there. But now I think about it a little bit more. You're right. I don't know. That's, why, that's how I would do as a coach. But that's why I'm not a coach. All right. It's come to the end of the show. And you know what time it is. It's time for predictions and time for us to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. And we will do that when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to Geico. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, Geico retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Overhanging trees present a real danger. During high winds, falling branches can damage roofs and windows. So today, I'll show you how to protect your home by wrapping it in bubble packaging. All you need is a staple gun and 142,000 feet of bubble packaging. Let's get started. You could try to protect your home with bubble packaging, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the Geico Insurance Agency. Call Geico and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. 
Loans are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. I was making great progress on building my savings, but then I get hit with an unexpected car repair bill. Keeping a close eye on my credit score allowed me to buy my first house, but an unexpected medical emergency set me back. When the unexpected happened, Avant was there to help. If you need to borrow $2,000 to $35,000, try Avant. It's fast, simple, and transparent. Everything is done online. There are no prepayment fees and no collateral is required. And you can instantly check your rate with no impact to your credit score. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. And now, Avant will give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 5252 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 5252. Go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 5252. Men, if you're like me... You appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price? And because Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their most popular set, complete with a razor, one of their world-famous blades, shaving cream, and post-shave balm for free if you cover shipping. A total value of $20 at no cost to you, with code 0404 at checkout, their way of saying thank you for trying them. How is Harry's able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures the blades. That's how. Go to harrys.com now and enter code 0404 at checkout. To claim your free trial set and post-shave balm, that's harrys.com, code 0404. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. I hope I'm wrong. I Matt, what's the that. spread on this as Oh, right this now? one was a dangerous one. It went. It was at three, and that's one where normally bookies want to stay. When it gave the hook, and now it's three and a half, it's enticing the public to take Texas because they feel West Virginia will cover. So, yeah, yeah I don't like uh, it. Um, I'm going to take West Virginia, man. I, I just, you know, this Texas defense without Holton Hill, I just can't trust them that, yep. that, they'll, that the dam won't break at some point. And I don't trust this offense, man. I just don't. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to sit, come in here next week and talk about how wrong we were, but Rod, I can't, I can't, can't go with this offense. And on the road versus West Virginia, man, I, you know, as well as because I can see field goal, you know, it being a field goal game or you know, it being a tight ball game, and Texas doesn't and have that advantage either. Yeah, exactly. So I think Texas defense is just too much of a disadvantage, at a disadvantage because of lost Pope Hill. I agree. Yeah, fully agree too. I think it's going to be West Virginia by about a touchdown. I'll say uh, thirty to twenty-one. I think it could be a more low scoring than that. I think like seventeen to seven. Ooh, Ooh. you should bet the under. The over under is like fifty five. Yeah. yeah, I'll go thirty one to seventeen. Yeah. Oh, Rob, be predicting a little bit of a blowout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I, I hope it's. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, Texas. I think I, I just got a feeling this game could look a lot like the TCU game. Yeah. Except I think Texas does have a chance to shorten it because West Virginia is not very good against the run. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's gonna do it for this week's show. Matt, appreciate everything, man. Hey, you're more than welcome. Rod B, thanks for the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 104.9 The Horn, AM 1260, hornfm.com, and The Horn app, our over-the-air partners. And you can get this podcast each and every week on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. And thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes, tune in, any podcast app. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For The Horn family, for The Horn's 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn News 24-7, visit horns247.com.